Don't you want to turn? Don't you want to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians? Ephesians. It's after Matthew, and that's before Revelation. <laughs> <laughs> Ephesians, actually, the book of Ephesians is a beautiful book. It's, a, it's about um, the church at Ephesus. It's a letter to them, and they were an amazing church. And uh, if ever you want to study about the church, then you want to study Ephesians. Um, the first three chapters in Ephesians is really about our identity, and the, the second three chapters, four, five, and six, is about an outworking of that identity. And so if you want to get a revelation of the church and um, kind of the way God designed the church to operate, and you want to study the book of Ephesians. Amen. We're talking about vision, values, and um, <laughs> there's no vision there, but we're talking about vision and values and the kingdom culture, and, uh, and what we've been trying to do is, is um, we've been stuck a little bit because we don't want to rush ahead in the, what God's got for us as a church. Um, we, we, as a eldership, uh, we're so excited about the stuff that we want to get running with and do, um, but we feel that unless we do this really well, um, that we can, can be like a little short burst, and then people get tired and, and disillusioned, or they get sidetracked or whatever, without this foundation put in place. So that's hence why we've been um, lingering a little bit, particularly around identity. Um, I believe identity is obviously vital. Uh, us understanding who we are in Christ. But the three expressions that we've been touching on that I just want to quickly touch on again this morning, uh, in my second service voice, um, in my manly second service voice, praise God, the three expressions are apostolic community, priestly rhythm of life, and personal responsibility to preach the gospel. Um, if we understand that, it's, it's a biblical kind of understanding of the church and the mandate on the church, apostolic community. It's not just a community, it's an apostolic community. Apostolic, in a, in a very um, broad definition, really, is, a, is, a, is a, a group of people that are committed to the ways and the teachings of Jesus Christ. It's basically the disciples of Christ. It's an apostolic community that are, are committed in every single way, particularly um, identity, actually, and now it comes back now. I just I felt the Lord drop on 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 in my heart. I just wanted to read it over us um, as an identity. Um, 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, verse 9. Uh, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of whom who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The mandate over the church, the mandate over us as the people of God is to be a chosen generation, a chosen people, chosen out by God, um, a royal priesthood. Not just a priesthood, but a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a group of people. God started with a, a, a nation uh, which was always intended to become a family, but it was always about Him. It was about a people of, that would bring Him glory, that would, that would honor His name, that would, that would um, be a people who, who lived 
in and for him. So we were chosen, we were royal, we were a holy nation, a people for his own possession, um, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, that you may proclaim the excellencies. We were called not just to be a people who know a whole bunch of excellencies. We were called to be a people that proclaim a whole bunch of excellencies. So what happens is you get a community, but it's an apostolic community. Apostolic meaning that it's, it's been called to a specific identity, a specific purpose. People that lay down their lives, that gave everything to this one purpose. They gave everything to one message. I preach nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Committed, devoted. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to prayer, to fellowship, and to the breaking of bread. This, an apostolic community is a group of people that are submitted and surrendered in identity to who God has called them to be and who they are. But they don't just, they're not just a people that are an apostolic community, but they also are people that display what that community actually looks like which has a priestly rhythm of life. Their life now begins to display this rhythm of what they've been called into, what they've been called to, what they're devoted to and who they are. And part of that expression is that they have taken a personal responsibility to preach the gospel. Amen. So what I want to do is take all of that and I want to plug it into Ephesians and get you to see maybe just through a scripture something of the plan and the purpose of God and how it's outworked and how easy it is to actually see uh, those three things operating in the church. So if you go to Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, we'll start there and then we'll just jump around a little bit, but we'll, we'll mostly be in Ephesians chapter 5. We pray. Um, <laughs> In Ephesians chapter 5, it starts off wonderfully where it says, Therefore, be imitators of God, I love this, as beloved children. I love this. Be imitators of God as beloved children. It's, so, it's only God can do that. In the world today, if you had to say imitate me, whatever, mostly you need to become mature and, and you, know, you need to grow up a bit if you're going to imitate me. And God, who's God, just goes, no, imitate me as beloved children. Well, so, so out of uh, left field in our thinking, this. We kind of, we're all so quick to grow up. And God is so quick to keep us as beloved children. Because He's a Father. He, he's got it. Tag. We, we're trying to get it. <laughs> he's already got it. And He's saying, if you want to operate in my kingdom, whatever, just be a child. I've got it. So, different mindset. This whole thing is so different. Born of the Spirit. And born of water. So different. We need to be a people that shift and change our understanding to be able to operate in His realm, which is the realm of the Spirit. It is so, so different, church. If we can catch that, then whoo. But anyway, He says, therefore be imitators of God. I love this. I've been, we've been punting it for a while now. But Jesus came as the Son of God, but He also came as the Son of Man. He did everything as the Son of Man so that He could declare and speak to us and say, I am the prototype. I am the firstborn. And you guys now can follow in that. And He says, follow me. We can follow Him because He's the Son of Man. Right? But God says, be imitators of God. We can imitate God, but we can't really follow Him because He's God. It's very hard to follow God, but it's easy to follow Jesus because He's the Son of Man, right? Even though He is also God, if you catch that 
Let me know. You can tell me what it means. No. Uh, Therefore, be imitators of God, a beloved children, and walk in love. This is what we've been trying to declare and speak of us as a church, uh, that, that what God has done, the supernatural work in us, is that we've become love. Now we're called to walk in love as Christ loved us. Woo! See, that could intimidate you right there, but the reality is when you study if you, with the right lenses, Ephesians, you start to realize, wow, this gets very exciting, not, not heavy. So to walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Then verses 3 to 7, again, if you've got the wrong lenses on, you can get wrong, but hopefully I'll get through the whole passage now. I didn't get through in the first uh, meeting, but hopefully I'll get through it now and you'll be able to see. But in the verses 3 to 7, he starts to give us some imperatives or some commands um, and about what the church doesn't look like and some of the challenges that should not be seen in the life of the church, right? Um, so you're already seeing a church that's not in word only. He's beginning to declare a church. It's not about a group of people that have come to find out and to speak the lingo and to be able to say the right things. This is a church already that looks like something and displays something, right? Okay, so verse 3. But sexual immorality and all impurity, I know whenever I start saying that, I can feel the spirit of <laughs> Prophetically, I'm, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Naughty. But sexual immorality, all impurity, all covetousness, must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. I love this. When you understand your identity, you understand who you are, you're so at peace, so at rest, you're not trying to strive, you're not trying to earn, you're not trying to deserve, you're not uh, uh, getting offended and, and hurt and broken. Um, you're just in this place of glorious surrender to Him in who you are in God, a child of God, full of thanksgiving. That's what the church should be look like. It should look like a group of people that they can't be offended. You see, if you can get, if you can, if offense can come, it means you're not understanding your identity. You're not a son. You're an orphan. Because what happens when offense comes? Whatever. What does offense do? Offense puts us, tries to protect and surround a property. It's mine. It's orphan mentality. But as a son, I'm very secure. I don't have to put up offense. Anyway, that was for free. That was just, that just flowed there. It's beautiful. Okay. But sexual immorality, all impurity and covetous must not even be named among you as is, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, no foolish talk, no crude joking which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral, impure, or is covetous, that is, a Idolater and an idolater has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners or partakers with them. So, verse three, he names three areas: sexual immorality, impurity, um, and covetousness. Um, and again, also in verse five, he repeats it. He also throws in in verse 4 just a, a little bit about um, shamelessness and about um, coarse joking and uh, 
and foolish talk. Um, he says, the, the, the church, my people, uh, the, doesn't, there's not really a place for that. Why is there no place for that? Because he says here uh, that it's improper for the saints. And I love that he says it's improper because it, it's, again, I, I love that I think it was on the 247 community, whatever, somebody was asking about um, sinners and, uh, you know, people still kind of see themselves as sinners and then and you talk about saints. And do you know that um, this, it's like over 60 times in the New Testament where we are called saints? Because that is our new identity as saints. Our identity is not sinners anymore. Um, Christ died for lost sons and daughters. We, we catch this. So now you, you, you have an understanding here that he's trying to tell us here that this is improper for saints. This is who we are as the church, and this doesn't fit. It's improper, right? Uh, he even goes on uh, and says uh, that this is out of place. Shouldn't be, it's, it's not in the right place. And then there's no inheritance in the kingdom of God with, for this, all these things, right? And, uh, the wrath, and because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. So no brainer when you realize and you identify the Bible tells us that because of certain things, that's why the wrath of God is coming. I actually, as a, as a saint, uh, certainly if I understand that that really must upset my father and the, and, the, and the wrath of God is coming because of that, obviously I want to stay away from it, right? That's a foregone conclusion verse, right? Um, but so what's beautiful here is not to dwell on 3 to 7, because I want to get to 8 to 14 if I can, um, is... Three to seven is just giving us a realization here that it begins to, the, 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 the church, the, the apostolic community begins to look like something, right? And then, so verse eight starts off by saying, for, for. So I'm sharing this, I'm sharing all of this. I'm saying to you right before this, I said, do not be partners or partakers of this. So I don't want you to get involved in that, a partner with it, or be partakers of any of that. That's not what the church looks like. That's not what should be accepted. But I'm giving you the reason now before you put on your lens of religion and start to, whoa, now we've got to, you know, let's now, we've got to go looking and finding and doing all of this. He says, for at one time you were darkness. At one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the world. At one time you were darkness, but now you are light. You were, but now you are, right? Something has happened. What's happened is you've undergone a transformation, a change of being. When you got born again, something changed. You were not doing naughty things, and now you're going to do good things. You were darkness, and now you are light. There has been a massive transformation of being that has happened. And if the people of God can catch this, it will save God a lot of time and money. <laughs> See, most religions are exactly the opposite. What happens in a religion is that you've got to do certain things to be something. I must give up this, this, and this, and I must do this, this, and this, and you are a Muslim. I must don't do this, do this, and you are a Buddhist. If you do this, this, and this, then you are a Hindu. That's not Christianity. 
That's not the Bible. That's not what Jesus paid for. Christianity starts with us being darkness, right? Not just doing dark things, not just walking in a certain way. It started with us being darkness. The walking stems from our being. And in Christianity, our being changed. Now we can walk according to the change, right? You were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. This isn't an effort. (laughs) This is a natural flow of who you are. And if you can believe that, you can walk in it. My spitting. Sorry. I just saw the umbrellas coming out. Yeah, that's what you get for putting your son in the front row. Okay, no. <laughs> for at one time you were darkness, but now you're light, and the Lord walk as children of light. Let me move on from that. So what we want to understand, what we want to make very clear this morning is that, yes, there's an adjustment in believers' lives. There's an adjustment to what we believe, our doctrine, um, where you go to church. Uh, absolutely, I'm not... I'm not, um, I'm not negating that, but I'm saying that should not be the focus, because if that's the focus, then the enemy has got real, a field there of how he can manipulate and control you. But if, see, if you get this right, he can't manipulate or control you, because this is just solid rock. See, then you're standing on the rock, and storms will come. So the Bible's telling us that. You're not going to be able to do something and do it so that you'll never get a storm. Storms will come. But if you're standing on the rock, this is the rock. If you're standing on the rock, then storms will come. No problem. Don't get shaken, right? Okay. So darkness was your nature. Now light is your nature in the Lord. Christ is light. We are now children of the light. If you, if you just skip back to uh, chapter 4 quickly. Chapter 4, verse 1, it says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Let me just ask you this very quickly. Did the walk come first or the calling? I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. See, those of me predestined, he called. See, we have a calling. We're called. A calling over our lives. Now we walk according to that. See, I'm already that. That's what God has destined and called over my life. Now, I can walk according to that. Not, um, I first have to walk in order to be that. That's called religion. Right? I hope we... Um, if you go quickly to uh, verse 17. Now, this I say and testify to the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. You must no longer walk as the Gentiles or unsaved do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their hearts. See, it's another great picture here that we were hardened of heart. We were darkened in our understanding, in the futility of our minds. We were alienated from life. But now Jesus Christ came and restored us and reconciled us back to life because Christ is life. And so when we reconcile back to Him right now, we can walk. Not as the others. We can walk 
in who we actually are in Christ, right? And it's not an effort, it's not a strain, because it's who we are. I'm, I'm emphasizing where we, we'll, we'll get there. They have become callous and have given a, they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality. You see what happens is? When you walk in the futility of your mind, you give yourself over to sensuality. That's the five senses, that's feelings, emotions. There's so much in that. Greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But listen to this, verse 20. But that is not the way you learn Christ. I love, he could be confident in saying that because he's the one who preached to the Ephesus church. <laughs> I did not preach that. <laughs> he's telling them. But because the reality is sometimes it is preached a bit like that in the life of the church. But, um, but that is not the way you learn Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. <laughs> I love that. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life. And to be renewed by, in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. I love that true righteousness, only true righteousness, self-righteousness and God's righteousness. And self-righteousness is not a righteousness at all anyway. And it's a false righteousness. And then there's God's righteousness. So we are created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Again, we're talking about a group of people that are called out, an apostolic uh, community of believers who have a priestly rhythm of life. These are not people that know how to talk the lingo. These are people that know how to live. Amen. They're living. The Word has become living and active in their lives. Amen. Okay. See, they have become light. They're not just doing nice, light things. Right? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, if you want another quick scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, it should be on your fridge as well. I love this one. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Woo! I love that. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness. You and I, what does the Bible say? Were darkness. And God said, okay, let light shine out of darkness. Woo. Has shone in our hearts <laughs> to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. Ah, yeah. Shout out, Baba Sande. Isn't that beautiful? It's so beautiful that. Oh, let me, let me, don't get caught here. See, light shining out of us who were darkness because Jesus shone on us. When you understand this change in nat nature, you can then handle the things that God calls you to walk in. Right? So being precedes doing. Walk as children of light because you are children of light. You don't walk to become. Just make sure we understand that. You don't walk to become. That's called religion. And then how, how does this flow out? Grant, that's really beautiful, but how, how does this flow out? So let's just go back to five, because I didn't really get there too far. Ephesians 5, sorry. Let's go back to Ephesians 5. Let me just read a little bit. Um, 
For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all. For the fruit of light is found in all. And I encourage you to do an exhaustive study on the word all. <laughs> It'll take you all of five minutes to find out that that is an all-encompassing word that means all. Right? All that is good and right and true. All goodness, all righteousness, and all truth. That's the fruit of light. And then verse 10, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. I have to sadly say with sorrow in my heart that I think the ESV, the extra special vers version, did not quite get that right. And I'll tell you now the Greek words there, but, but um, you might have a different translation and you might get it right in your translation. Uh, but try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, I'll explain that, is awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This is the whole gospel right here in this little chapter. I'll quickly see if I can unpack it very fast. Um, so if we if we sang right, this this walk as children of light. Grant, how am I supposed to walk as ch a child of, of light now? Because my lens, I'm still I've still got the religious glasses on. I'm trying to take them off. I've got a new pair that God's trying to give me, but I'm still on that lens, and I'm going children of light. Now, how do I do this? I'm feeling the pressure already. So then, quickly go turn back to Ephesians chapter two, uh, Ephesians chapter two, verse ten. It says this. For we are his workmanship. I said that in the earlier meeting, I said poema is the Greek word there, which where we get the word poem from. We are his workmanship, his poem, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus, in a very important word here, for good works. Right? Religion would say you need to work so that you can become a new crea creation. It says here that I'm created in Christ Jesus. He's already created me as a new creation for good works and works that he's even already prepared beforehand. Talk about a helping hand here. God is literally helping us and with us every single step of the way, right? So this is not a hard thing. This is I'm created. I am a child of light. I'm an honor to my parent, God, who is light. I have become child of light. I am now light. And he now has created and equipped me as a child of light to walk in the light. Right? Well, I'm saying it slowly, but I hope we, we're catching it. Walking in the light, friends, is a, is a, is a, is a, it's as natural as fruit. 
Ooh. If you, let me, before I go there, let me just quickly jump you to uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, quickly 1 Thessalonians 5. It's after Ephesians and before Revelations. 1 Th- Thessalonians 5. Um, it says, but you are, verses 4, but you are not in darkness, brothers. You are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. That is a whole thing. We won't go there. But you are not in darkness, for you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. You are not Church, you are not of the darkness or of the night. You are of the day. You are children of the light, right? And then shoot quickly to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. That's before 2 Corinthians. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5. <laughs> <laughs> Some people don't have their Bibles, they're just looking at me like, I ain't turning anywhere. Okay, verse 7, it says this, beautiful, I'll just go straight to verse 7. Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, as you really are unleavened. I don't know if you ever read that and just moved on quickly. Whoop, way above my pay grade, let's move on, Right? For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. It's interesting that that's the next sentence. It's so powerful. I don't, I'm going to have time to unpack it totally, but just cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump. Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. You really are unleavened. Just cleanse out the leaven. This is who you really are. There might just be some other stuff that's telling you that you're something else, but you're not. You really are this. Just cleanse that other stuff out. I could, I could, I have to stay in my right mind because so, I'm preaching, but otherwise, woo. You're a child of light. There's some other things that might be in your life. Just cleanse them out. It doesn't mean you that. <laughs> you see, the fruit of light is is it's all Ooh. all goodness Ooh. when you're the fruit of light light now beginning to operate through the people of God it's going to be all goodness all righteousness all truth is fruit Ooh. and then I'm going to just quickly do this, this, this sentence because I really do um, and then it says for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. That, that sentence there. And I'll give you the Greek. Dokimazo tis esti, you arestos hoheto curios. Aren't you very curious as to what, <laughs> what that actually means? And for all those... Greek-speaking people, forgive me, because um, I probably was speaking Turkish there in a Greek in a Turkish accent. Tokimatso is actually to approve. Tis, what, est, esti, is, you arestos, pleasing, 
or acceptable. Hohe tu, to the, kurios, supreme or Lord. Approve what is pleasing and acceptable to the Lord. Now we read it again. <laughs> Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. Proving what is pleasing and acceptable to the Lord. Woo! What is pleasing and acceptable to the Lord. Proving. God wants us to walk in the fruit of light. It proves and it shows what is acceptable, what is beautiful, what is wonderful in God. He wants to flourish, be fruitful, bless, acknowledge His beautiful people so that they shine, so that people can see this light and are drawn to this light because they're just demonstrating all goodness and all righteousness and all truth. I, I can't spit that hard enough to help you. See, we're not just in nature. We're also in lifestyle. We are an apostolic community that has a priestly rhythm of life. Not the talk. We don't come on a Sunday to all come and get this thing here and talk the right lingo. Hey, but... Amen, Jesus. Woo! Glory. Shoo, I was freaking out there. Power, all this, that. Then we come on a Monday and go, hey, listen, F you, this, that, and the other. You beep, beep, and blah, 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 and you, this, that, and the other, and what have you. Hey, and then the brother phones. Amen, brother. How your week's going? Awesome. See, we actually have a priestly rhythm here. We are a community of believers that have separated themselves out. We shouldn't be. It's not ought to be. It's improper. It's not even its rightful place to hear crude joking and, and foolishness and all that kind of stuff and all, all the stuff that's not us. And it's not us trying to earn and deserve because if we do that, friends, everything that's of darkness in our lives is put under the carpet for Monday morning. But we're a people of God who just naturally understand who we are and begin to operate and flow naturally who we are. That's why the Bible says the other things of darkness are works of darkness. Because they stress and strain and sweat. They works, friends. But the Bible says always, you'll see, it's the fruit of the Spirit. This is naturally it flows. When I understand who I am, it's a good tree. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. Because it's fruit. It's not works. I'm not striving. I'm not trying to bite my lip and, oh, I really want to do this, but shoo, I'm going to do this. No, I want to understand who I am. I begin to declare who I am, and when I declare who I am and know who I am and walk in who I am, I begin to do who I am. Oh, and I need to breathe. Okay. Oh, some water. Oh. That's a beautiful word there, by the way. Um, Uriestos, which is pleasing and acceptable. Uh, Romans 12.1, you know that verse. And 2 Corinthians 5.9, where we aim to please, same word. Aiming to please the Lord. Amen. Anyway, let's quickly. If you can shoot with me to um, Hebrews 13, just very quickly. Hebrews 13, how are we doing? Hebrews 13, oh, a few minutes. Hebrews 13, Hebrews 13, whew. Um, verse 20, this is awesome. Now may the God of peace, 
who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant. Woo. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant. Listen to 21. Equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight. Ooh, take that scripture and put that baby right on your forehead. Poof, there. It'll break every and shatter all the sweat. All the sweat, all the striving, all the religiousness of trying to achieve or do something or look like something. I want to say, any of you trying to look like something, stop it. You are something. Believe you are something. Stop trying to look like something. You need to go look in the mirror. And have a look. You look good. (laughs) Amen. So you can go and read that again. But equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling. This is what I've called you to. This is who you are. And now I have equipped you for what you need. And I'm working inside of you to do what you need to do. Is there a trick here? It's just, it's that good. It's that good. It's that good that God took care of every single area. Oh, anyway, um, I could give you a whole bunch of other scriptures. But let me just quickly go back to Ephesians 5 and try and finish this quickly. Um, Try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Uh, It says, take no part, take no part, and don't be any part in the unfruitful works of darkness. Unfruitful. So these works of darkness that we kind of don't want to call darkness, but we kind of will label them all good stuff, all the good stuff, worldly stuff that we do. It's just unfruitful, doesn't bear any fruit. But instead... Expose them. Now, ooh, I love that. Now, if you've got the wrong lenses on, so now you've got to put on the new uh, glasses, you go, ooh, that's where I grab hold of that for the church. That's powerful. That's why we do in the church. We sit there and we cut up we have a look, whatever, and say, oh, sensing, brother, sensing, yes, that. Oh, when you come to the front, I'm going this, because the Bible says we're supposed to expose them. It's the wrong lens. I've just unpacked this whole thing now. We've got to. Now we want to go back to the wrong lens, something wrong here. So let's just, let's just carry on a little bit more. It is shameful even to speak of those things that they do in secret. I love that. Because we actually, a lot of the time in the church, get a delight to speaking about all that kind of stuff. I don't get any delight in speaking about any kind of rubbish. Jesus took care of it, whatever, and I'm not going, going around wanting to speak about it. It's shameful to speak about it. It's not nice. Um, I'm letting the Lord do what he needs to do. But listen to the next, and you probably skipped over this one as well in the previous. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. (laughs) Anything that is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For For anything that becomes visible is light. See, now if you get this wrong, because hold on a minute, he just told us here, it's shameful to even speak of those things. Those things? But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible, those things, is light. Now hold on a minute, you told us those are bad things? Now it's light. Just take those glasses off, put them over there, put 
these new ones on. Okay. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. It is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. You were darkness. Then the light shines on you, exposes that, and now you become light. Ooh. I don't know if I'm doing a good job of this, but please, Lord, help Help me to do it. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says. Now, unfortunately, that it there, I don't know what it, that it is. Therefore, it. Because this, this is not a quote from the Bible anywhere. You can't. But it, that it is. And I believe it's the Bible. So, therefore, it says. Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine before you. On you. Not shine and show you, but shine on you. And it says, therefore, 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 having said all of this, therefore it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. What's he trying to say? He's trying to say, you were darkness. You understand the people that are in darkness. You were there. They were operating in the futility of their minds. Now you, Christ, came and he shone on you. And when he shone on you, it became visible. You saw, you saw, wow, those darkened things now were exposed. You saw that they were, um, no, that's not what God has for me. Now I become light. I become who he's called me to be. He's shining on me. His light has now connected me to life. His light is the life of men. John chapter 1. verse 3 or 4, around there. So now I have become light. Now what I do is, therefore, what I do is I go to those that are still dead, those that are still in darkness, and my my passion and desire is to bring them out of darkness. Awake, O sleeper. You are sleeping. You are dead. Arise to the sleeper, the one who is dead. Arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. I want them to experience the light of God. I want them, the light of God to shine on them. You see, when you understand this, you can unpack an apostolic mandate over us, an apostolic community of believers who are called out, who are passionate, who have set themselves apart, who have come out of darkness into his marvelous light, and now there are people that are shining for God, and in their shining now, it's demonstrated with a priestly rhythm of life. That's how you can see that we're a called out one. That's why it's no longer time for the loose cannons in the life of the church. It's no longer time for the loose cannon. What's a loose cannon? If you take a huge battleship, which God is now steering as his church, this huge battleship, what happens in battleships, if, if a cannon got loose and it started to rattle around whatever it could it took out some of the people on the ship it damaged the ship and took people out even though it was a cannon you couldn't fire it it needs to be in its rightful place it needs to be ready it's powerful even though it's a cannon you need to come back into the life of the church you need to be rooted and grounded and established so that we can shine together as one this is not a group of people that meet in some coffee shop There's not a group of people that come and do their own thing. You can't shine by just doing your own thing. You come together as the people of God, rooted and grounded together, because Christ shines on you, and then you're just a community 
of people that have a priestly rhythm which people are drawn to and those people as they're doing their priestly rhythm as they're shining for God so their heart their whole heart the passion of their heart as they're looking out there at people that are dark that are dead that are sleeping and the cry of their heart is as I have been shone on in my life may their lives be shone on may I be the one to go out and say awake O sleeper we take personal responsibility for the gospel of Jesus Christ amen that's the unfolding of that scripture it's a whole different lens I'm not trying to conform people to some way of thinking so that one day they might make it to heaven my Savior paid a price I'm in are you in <laughs> we're in and now he's saying come on come on shine be who you are Woo, come on yeah. shine for Jesus <laughs> Amen. It's just, it's, oh, it's, it's understanding, friends. It's understanding. And he's done it all. We, we were darkness. We now light. He says, walk in the light. Oh, Lord, how am I going to walk in the light? He said, it's just fruit of the Spirit. You don't have to have works. Put that aside, all the stresses and the strains, flesh, just fruit of all goodness. And as you begin to allow me all goodness, you see, he wants to come breathe on us as the church so that people actually look and go, wow, this is amazing. Not, not to get a whole lot of knowledge from the church, they want to look and see. Light, you, you see light, Right? How many know what darkness is? It's nothing. That's what darkness is. It's nothing. It's just absence of light. And when you light and you shine, there's no more darkness. Isn't that beautiful? Now, if we can believe that, even though you're unleavened, it still says cleanse out the leaven. So don't let him whack your mind because there's some leaven. You are unleavened, right? Now sometimes, hear me out here, it takes a journey, more walking with a person to get that understanding than actually doing something to get. We already operate from a winning place, right? It's so beautiful about the Bible. I read the end of the story. I love that. I love that. That's how I love to watch movies. I love to know the ending of the movie, then I can sit and relax in the movie. And no matter what's happening and the stress and the strain, otherwise my family know I get up and I walk out the room because it's too stressful. What happened? What happened? No, you need to stay to know what's happened. No, no, just tell me the end and I'll go watch, I'll watch the movie again. And God says, okay, I know, you're stressed, you're stressed, so let me tell you the end. And now when you do the movie, now I feel so relaxed now. I feel so good. I said, wow, so I still end up as a child of light. It's so good. So beautiful. Woo. I thought maybe, you know, this was happening. No. No, no, you haven't changed. This is who you are. Now live like that. Walk like that. Be that. Being. You've been transformed. Right, amen. Shall we stand? Now I know Connor has already, um, we've called out some, we've ministered to some folk. Um, and uh, I, think, I think that's what Holy Spirit wanted, wanted to do. I just, uh, uh, just as I preached, 
I did feel like, also, if there's one or some people here um, that have struggled with offense, um, sometimes it's hard when the Bible says vengeance is the Lord's. Um, I said, can I just take over that operation for just a day or two? Um, but I just felt like God was just setting some people free from offenses. We have been hurt. Because I, honestly, I want to encourage you that it's very real. And I don't think anybody who's actually in any church now has not been hurt in some way by people or situations or leadership or anything like that. But, but it's just not time for us to, to linger there now. It's time for us to let it go. Just give it to the Lord. Uh, let the God deal with the situation or the people or whoever. And then I also I just felt um, I had this a picture of when we were praying earlier that um, I felt like that you've been stuck. If you felt like you were in oil, if it looked like oil or some sticky stuff um, that was just you were stuck in that. And I just saw the Lord just go loop and pull you out. And as He pulled you out, yeah, loop. Um, it's my go-to noise. Um, as he pulled you out, so I, I, I saw everything just come off. That's why I said it was like oil. It just it didn't stick. It just, it just it came off and you came out. And I feel like God wants to do that as well. So I'm going to just pray those two things. Um, anything else you're feeling on your heart? Or? So I'm going to pray that over us. But I also just want to, because I just want this settled. I know I've preached it now two weeks in a row. It's just come from different angles. But I just want us this to be settled. As we walk into what God's called us to, to do, I, he loves you so much, and He has prepared you for such a time as this. And you are righteous and holy and worth everything of what Jesus paid for, which is a life that's fruitful in all goodness, all righteousness, and all truth.